Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my fine friends. Welcome to the fourth episode of Season 7 of the Tom Petty Project Podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Brown. This is the weekly podcast that digs into the entire Tom Petty catalogue, song by song, album by album, and includes conversations with musicians, fans, and people connected with Tom along the way. Before we start talking about anything else, I just wanted to comment on the very sad news of the passing of Tom Ledden. Um, as most longtime Petty fans know, uh, he was one of Tom's earliest musical collaborators as a bandmate in The Epics, and he would go on to help form Mudcrutch, with whom you know Tom, Mike Campbell, and Ben Montench would reform three and a half decades later, along with Ledden and drummer Randall Marsh. Every single person I've ever heard speak about him says he was a wonderful, kind human being and a really accomplished musician. So gone at the age of 70, you know, like his bandmate before him, he leaves us too early, but with a rich musical legacy for us to enjoy for decades to come. So my thoughts and best wishes go out to his family, his friends, and his former bandmates. Today's episode is the suitably melancholic and achingly beautiful It'll All Work Out. If you're new to the podcast, I don't play the song itself in the body of the episode, but there's a YouTube link in the episode notes where you can go and listen to it beforehand. origin and creation story for this song is pretty unique among all the Heartbreakers tracks in that the music was essentially created entirely by Mike Campbell, with the vocals being overlaid on top of the track that Tom's lieutenant wrote based on the music that Tom had given him. In conversations with Tom Petty, Paul Zolo quotes Tom saying that this is one of his favourites and that it's a durable song. He tells Paul, I was going through a crisis at the time with my marriage. My first marriage was on the rocks. I was separated, though it was later reconciled, so I had more on my plate than I could handle. I'd written It'll All Work Out and sang it into a cassette, and I brought it to Mike's house, giving him the cassette. He had a studio at his house, and I said, could you just make this a record? Because I don't have time, I can't deal with it mentally, but I think it's a really good song. And that's never happened before or since. When you listen to the lyrics in this song, it's easy to see why Tom might have found it hard to spend hours crafting it, given its tone of acceptance of defeat. Tom asserts that he's pretty sure that none of the other heartbreakers play on the song at all. And the track opens with Mike Campbell showing his capacity to play seemingly anything with strings, in this case a koto, which is the national instrument of Japan. The instrument unusually has movable individual bridges for their each string, so that songs with different tunings can be played. It is then picked with three finger picks worn on the first three fingers, and I'm not sure if Mike used the finger picks or just his fingers, and that would be a great question to ask him if I ever get the chance. The main rhythm part is played though I'm pretty sure on a mandolin, and it sounds like there's possibly some ukulele in there too. But the addition of the koto in that opening harp-like sweep is such a unique sound. I've talked lots on the previous two albums about songs that were sonically so radically different from anything else in the Heartbreakers catalogue, and this is another example of a departure from the trusted rock and roll formula. The arrangement in the first part of the song is a simple twin mandolin, or maybe mandolin ukulele part, with Mike playing a repeated broken G fifth chord, over the top of the root notes, which move from E minor to C to D to G in the first half of the verse, then E minor to C, D to C in the second half. In the second half of that first verse, we get a beautiful texture that I suspect is a synth keyboard. Um, the second verse sees more bass tones added, and I think this might either be a very quiet bass guitar, but it also it kind of sounds a little bit more like bass notes on the synth. There's also a very simple acoustic strummed guitar added into the mix to fatten out the sound. 
There's also a really nice bit of production on this one with the line, I let her down, being double-tracked. So this isn't a harmony. If you listen to that line, it isn't a harmony, but it's two takes of Tom singing the same melody line, only very, very faintly different to give that line a, a sort of a fuller feel. And there's very minimal musical movement in this section, with the keyboard adding in a, you know, just a couple of very simple sort of licks and the koto being brought back in right at the end of the verse, leading into that first chorus. And the chorus features the first percussion, was the only percussion in the song, with a very simple tambourine on the first beat of every second bar. We're also treated to a harmony part sung by Tom rather than by Howie, I suspect to really ensure that the individual narrative quality of the lyrics comes across. The keyboard part is also brought back in this section, mirroring the melody that Tom's singing. That's not a thing you hear very often in a Heartbreaker song. In fact, I'm struggling to think of another example of Tom singing the same line as something that an instrument is playing, or you know that sort, that sort of mirroring between um, mu uh, musical melody and and vocal melody. Now, Ozzy Osbourne, from Black Sabbath, of course, and and solo fame and bat fame, uh, was frequently and in my view unfairly criticised for singing the same melody line that Tommy Iommi was playing on guitar a lot. But when it's used sparingly and subtly, it's a technique that can really add to a song, and I feel that in this case, it works in this track. After this single verse chorus pair. We go into a sort of a musical interlude, which it's not really quite a solo, and it's not really quite a bridge either because it's the same progression as the verse. But the koto does provide sort of an instrumental bridge over that progression. So it's light, and it's so delicate that you feel like the notes would blow away in a strong breeze. You get this almost ethereal sense of calm and peace despite the heart-wrenching lyrics. And again, it's almost that, that sort of that peaceful feeling you find when you finally accept that something is over. It's not a jarring, anger-filled loss, but more a resigned sorrow. The song comes out of this musical interlude back into the chorus, but nothing is added here. We're just held at this same level of emotion. And the chorus drops us back into that last verse, where everything is stripped back again. Mike now adds the koto in again with some sort of descending and ascending arpeggios, and we hear Tom vocalising some O's into the fade-out. Alrighty, folks, it's time for some petty trivia. Uh, your question from last week was this. As well as jamming me, Dylan and Petty co-wrote another song that both the Heartbreakers and Dylan recorded, with the latter using it on an album. But can you remember which album that was? Was it A, Knocked Out Loaded, B, Empire Burlesque, C, Down in the Groove, or D, Dylan and the Dead? The answer is A, Knocked Out Loaded. The Heartbreakers recorded their version but it was never included on Let Me Up, I've had enough, you know, most likely as Dylan had included it on his album already, but it is included on disc six of the playback box set, so you can hear that if you have the, the six CD release. Your question for this week is this. After the breakup of Mudcrutch, Tom Ledden played bass for which legendary US singer? Was it A, Dolly Parton, B, Stevie Nicks, C, Linda Ronstadt, or D, Pat Benatar? All right, back to the song. Tom's vocal on this one is very restrained and is actually quite reminiscent of how we deliver later songs like Angel Dream from the soundtrack album follow-up to Wildflowers, uh, She's the One. He never pushes his voice, but croons in a beautiful, doleful mid-range all the way through. And after sitting and listening to this song over and over for this episode, 
It throws me back a little bit to my conversation with Katie Moulton and her examination of grief. If you accept the five stages of grief as a very basic framework, Tom wrote lots of songs about denial and anger, but fewer about bargaining and depression. But this might be his only song about grief that covers acceptance as the final stage in that process. The subject of the song is lamenting, with a wistful melancholy, the fact that the person he's apart from is better off without him. Better off with him than here with me, and maybe better with him than here with me. That could almost be the bargaining stage, but the last line sets it firmly, for my, to my mind, in the acceptance stage. Never goes away, but it all works out. You have to think that it's Tom writing from a point of view that his marriage may be over, but his life isn't. That though he's accepted his own faults, when she needed me I wasn't around, and when it mattered most I let her down, he still sees a way forward. Still I think of her when the sun goes down, it never goes away, but it all works out. Again, you can see how this one would have been a very difficult song to work with right at the time that Tom was going through the grief of a separation. It'll All Work Out was played fairly extensively live in 1987 and was brought back out sparingly on subsequent tours in 89, 92, 95 and finally in 2005. So you do have to think it's a song that stuck in Tom's mind and they had a connection to and, and stayed with him. It's a deep cut from this album and a song that's definitely not well known outside the hardcore fandom um, there's a great bootleg version of the song from Wembley Arena, London in October 1987 on Mike Mono's rare Tom Petty media YouTube channel, which I'll, I'll post a link to in the episode notes. This version features the British violinist and musician Bobby Valentino on violin. Valentino, incidentally, is also the violinist featured on the live version of Stories We Could Tell from Pack at the Plantation Live, recorded in 1980 at the Hammersmith Audion in London. And one more link back to uh, Katie Moulton is a version of this song that she recommended to me during our chat that's recorded by the fantastic Phoebe Bridges. I'll post a link to this version too, as I'm sure you'll love her take on it. It's very mellow, very, very cool. Okay, Pettyheads, that's a wrap on another episode. It'll All Work Out is another one of those wonderful sleeper songs that stays under your skin when you listen to this album. Not to tip my hat too early, but I think it's likely the best song on the album, despite being very short and having a very simple arrangement, and featuring only Mike and Tom. The hope in the melancholy and the beautiful arrangement put me firmly in mind of the movie Highlander for some reason. I don't know why. So rather than the Japanese influence that the Koto imparts, the imagery that sticks in my mind is that of the windswept Scottish Highlands, and of Connor and Heather McLeod's doomed relationship. Of course, that story in the movie is soundtracked superbly already by Queen's Who Wants to Live Forever, but the sentiment of this one has, it's sort of got a lightness and depth that work for some of the scenes in that movie. It'll All Work Out is a wonderful, beautiful song that I'm going to say deserves a 9 out of 10. It never goes away, but it all works out. Let me know what you think on social media. Please remember that you can continue to support humanitarian efforts in Ukraine in many different ways, please do so if you have the means. Um, if you need a way to do that, go check the episode notes because I always post a link to the Red Cross donation page in there so that you can click on that, go give a little bit of money and help those people in Ukraine. Um, the Tom Petty Project is a proud member of the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Go check them out on Twitter at Deep Dive Podnet. I'm sure you'll find something that you like. Definitely go check out my pals, Corey Morissette and Mark Kamire and their show and the podcast will rock, which is about Van Halen. Brilliant, brilliant show. And you can also go check out my other podcast, Seaside Pod Review, a Queen podcast, on the same network. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube at the Tom Petty Project and on Twitter at Tom Petty Project. Go follow, like, subscribe as applicable, leave a rating, tell a friend, get the word out there. 
Uh, keep talking to me on social media. Again, I don't always answer as quickly on Instagram, so I apologize for that, but it's the platform that I tend to use least. Um, the Tom Petty Project is not affiliated with the Tom Petty Estate in any way, and when you're looking for Tom's music, please visit the official YouTube channel first or go to official streaming platforms like Spotify, Apple Music, or Amazon Prime. Um, if you're looking for merchandise, go to TomPetty.com. Um, that's where all the official merchandise is, and there's a brilliant selection there. Um, you can also find merchandise on my website if you go to store.tompettyproject.com or just www.tompettyproject.com. Um, you can go check out some of the merch that I've got available. Um, it's not official Tom Petty branded um, because I don't want to sort of tread on any toes there. Um, but you can go check those out if you're interested. Also, don't forget to check out the Tom Petty Nation and Tom Petty Fans Forever groups on Facebook. They're great communities and I'm sure you'd enjoy spending some time in there. Until we meet again next week, keep listening to and sharing Tom's music. Try to be kind. Try to say I love you to someone at least once a day, twice or three times if you can. Um, stay safe and healthy, and I'll be back with you next week to talk about the last track on side one of this album, My Life, Your World. Bye-bye. <laughs>